Hello and welcome to the ESP Tipcast, episode 117. High carb intake still rules, but it might have a limit. Hey folks, welcome to the ESP Tipcast. On today's Tipcast, I am going to be talking about a brand new paper uh, published in 2018 by Andy King and colleagues. And I want to give a shout out to Jeff Rothschild over at TriFit because he's the one who actually uh, turned me on to this paper. And we had been discussing it a little bit. And I thought, hey, you know what? This makes for a great tip cast. We're heading into the new season. And you folks need the best advice possible. And that's why you're here. Well, basically, this paper uh, on the front end really doesn't tell us much we don't already know. And that's that taken in carbohydrates during high-intensity exercise, sustained endurance exercise, is really the best way to go, okay? It's really not debatable, and I still see people who want to debate, talk about high-fat high and low-carb and all this shit, but the bottom line is that uh, high-carbohydrate diets, at least in preparation for, for uh, you know competition, and in particular, high-carb fueling during exercise, is best, And this study uh, shows that very high carbohydrate amounts during prolonged exercise improves 30-minute time trial performance. And you might be thinking, okay, so what? Uh, Well, the interesting thing about this study is that, you know, first and foremost, they they had uh, a group of cyclists, they rode for two hours at about 77 to 80% of VO2 max, which is a pretty high intensity. That's a, it's a, it's a pretty good uh, amount of exercise, pretty high intensity. And then they immediately did a 30 minute time trial, which is again, good. That's what we want to see. An endurance trial followed by uh, a set time point, you know, a, a time trial of some type. And this is not a, a, a super short time trial either. So this is going to be hard. And, and what they found is that Individuals who were consuming that, that, that high level of carbohydrate intake, and by high I mean 90 grams uh, per hour, and that's pretty darn high, and that's re- really kind of the highest that we've seen be effective. The group that consumed 90 grams per hour had the best performance. Okay, and then if we compare that to groups that consumed a placebo, so they didn't get anything, or a group that did 60 grams per hour, which is kind of what what most recommendations have, or 75 grams per hour, the 90 grams per hour did better. But what they did different is then they took a group and they and they said we're going to give you 112 grams per hour, really really high carbohydrate, and that last point is important for two reasons. First, there does seem to be a ceiling limit. Too much carbohydrate in this 112-gram group actually increased glycogen use in the muscle and suppressed fat use beyond all the other conditions. A real double whammy, not something that you want either way. And in fact, the reason why we take in carbohydrates is to spare muscle glycogen. So if you're taking in carbohydrates and you're actually burning through your, your, your glycogen faster, that's not a good thing. Um, but the second point is that these were untrained subjects in that they hadn't used a high-carbohydrate diet before. So they were trained cyclists, but they, they weren't accustomed to taking in 
really high amounts. And prior research has shown very clearly that carbohydrate absorption is not a, a factor of body size in that it's trainable, okay? And very famous case, case in point, one of the greatest runners of all time, Hale Gebrselazi. And I apologize if I just butchered his name, um, but but uh, in a very famous case study, and and they did a lot of work uh, with him on his fuel intake, uh, and I believe it was Lu- uh, Louise Burke in the Australian Institute of Sport, and, and they had been working with him. But he adopted a marathon strategy to take in a hundred plus grams of carbohydrate per hour, plus at least a liter of fluid per hour, and that really helped him. Uh, you know, make his mark in in marathon running and and set some some very fast times, but uh, the bottom line is that these were not trained subjects. Their gut wasn't trained, and so they were still able to use that ninety grams per hour. The question is if they had kind of prepared and and done some high carbohydrate intake training if if they could have gotten that 100 gram that's hard to say so then what's the tip for you well as jeff and i had discussed uh very few athletes are anywhere close to 90 grams per hour and many are lucky to be hitting 50 and i see this time and time again and i've had friends of mine that aren't taking in any carbohydrate so so that's really where you need to start but i would not recommend that you go to your next race and you just pound carbohydrates because again there 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 is a gi distress factor there so you need to train for it okay and so i often find that uh most athletes are limiting their carbohydrate intake in training all the time. And and the thinking is, well, you know, they're going to improve their fat burning and I do lots of fasted workouts and then my body, boom, is going to just respond automatically to carbohydrates in the race. Bottom line, uh, that might be the case, but that's a really stupid way to go about doing it. What you need to do is, again, and I've talked about the periodization of nutrition, is you have to have your low-carb days and you have to have your high-carb days. And there has been some good research out there done on this uh, where they've actually periodized in right before the competition period um, uh, some high-carb, high-fueling days. And I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but basically you go out there and you fuel as if you are racing. And that's how you get your gut prepared. And you come up with strategies to get that carbohydrate in during the race. Because no, in my experience, it's not always easy to hit your targets. But if you practice, 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 and I am going to be doing this in preparation for nationals this year, that's a marginal gain that's well worth it. You've got to practice your feeding strategy just like you practice your training protocol. And finally, last point, and this goes way back to my collegiate racing days. I remember being out on a training ride and I was with a, uh, a person that went on spring break with me and, and, uh, and he said, Hey, when are we going to stop for lunch? And I said, we don't, we, do, we don't stop for lunch. We're here to train. And he's like, well, how am I going to eat? And I said, well, how are you going to eat on the bike? Um, if you're so used to stopping all the time, you got to practice it. And again, focus practice makes perfect. Train your gut. Hey folks, that's it for Tipcast 117, but be on the lookout for some more great tip casts in the month of March and I'm going to be having those out 
probably in the next week or so as I head in the spring break and can do a little bit of work. But don't forget, you can head on over to www.espanswers.com. You can donate to the podcast there. You can also email me at esppodcast.com at gmail.com. Remember, folks, if you're not thinking ahead, you're falling behind. Later. Later.